Well done, mate. Did well. <coughs> Good morning. Good morning. Hey, there we go. There we go. Are you guys having a good Ancon so far? Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm having a really, really good time. I'm, one thing I'm, just, I'm loving doing is I'm loving meeting people. It's been really good. So please keep coming up and saying hi. Uh, I'm really, really loving that. It's been great. In fact, um, there's a couple of, I've just got a couple of few announcements to make at the start, a few things to do. So I've, I've really enjoyed meeting people. There's been a whole stack load of, um, of, of uni students who, who, love to, who want to sit down and have a chat with me about all sorts of kind of stuff. I'm, I'm thinking, I've, I was talking to some of the staff workers about how I should maybe do this because I didn't have enough time to, to see everyone. Um, there's all sorts of things that I've realised, there's a few common things that people are wanting to sit down and chat with me about. So I'd love to, if you're interested, tomorrow at free time, uh, at, what time's free time? don't know. Two. Everyone knows when free time starts. Good. So, uh, at two p.m., um, I just sat in conference room eight. I'm going to sit down and have a bit of a, you know, I'm just going to field everyone's questions at the same time about all sorts of stuff. A lot of people have been asking me about. Um, um, I meet up each month for the, about the last year with Mark Driscoll via video chat, and we kind of do coaching sessions. I've not had a good chance to share about much of that yet. I've got heaps of stuff that I've been learning, bucket loads of stuff. I brought my whole folder of stuff. If you want to hear a bit about that, I'd be really keen to share some of the thoughts and some of the things I'm thinking through because of that. Um, I'm also really passionate about church planning and some guys want to, and girls want to talk to me about that, which is great. So if you uh, would love to come and talk about that, I have a real heart for church planning and particularly just, I've got stuff to say about our city and just how we could win it for Jesus, how this next generation, all of us, could, could impact it. We've got to, I've got stuff to say about prayer, that after Rowan's talk last night, was it a ripper, particularly about um, praying for revival. Oh, this is fantastic. We need to do some of that. I've got stuff to say if you're interested. So um, I can't do all that one-on-one. So I just love, if you're interested, you could come along tomorrow. I'm going to have a chat about some of those things um, to whoever wants to come. A little fireside chat with Chong. Uh, otherwise known as, actually, um, <laughs> that my, apparently, I'll tell you what, one of my, one of my favourite moments, one of my favourite moments this, this, uh, this Ancon so far is I went back to my room uh, after the morning session uh, and um, I had a little sleep and the, per- the people outside didn't realise that Naomi and I weren't sleeping yet. We were just kind of talking. And outside, they were talking about me. Uh, and the next thing I know, right, I came out and the room door says this. Room C124, Naomi Chong, crossed out, Donkey Chong. So whoever you are out there, thank you very much. It's beautiful. It's been a great moment for me. You know, I think God is speaking to me. Ian Powell, the dude who, whoever crossed out my name, I've been reminded, I am nothing but a donkey, right, who God chooses to speak, which is really good. I'll tell you what, this is going to be, this is crazy. Did you guys all get an um, an activity pack in your room or some, did people, everyone got that in their room, like um, lollies and stuff? You're seriously not going to believe this. I walked into, I woke up, right, um, this morning. You are seriously not going to believe this. I woke up this morning, I went, I was just getting ready, and I went to the table, right, with all the stuff that the Ancon team put on, right, lollies, I'm just trying to find stuff, right, on there, you know how, did, did everyone get like some sort of fun activity, like a fun thing, like a, was it just, oh yeah, 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 all sorts of, there's all sorts of, um, I think the Ancon team says they got a random acts of fun, right, little kind of, people got, some people got playing cards, little games, little things like that, um, we, you're not going to believe it, right? I went to my table, right? And I was just looking. And they put a random act of fun, right? A, a game, a, a card game for, for Naomi and I and Ruben to play with. So the card game was there and I picked it up. You are not going to believe 
You are, no, seriously, you're not going to believe this. The card game, I've got it in my pocket. You ready? The card game is called Donkey. What is going on here? This, hap- this happened before the Donkey Kong thing. God's speaking to me, man. I'll tell you what, something's going on. So, I am officially telling God in front of all of you, I understand, I get the point. All right? I am nothing. God chooses to speak through donkeys, and I'm looking forward to him using me as a weak thing this morning. So, look forward to that. Now, that's some fun stuff, and here's, a, here's, some, here's some hard stuff from Donkey Chong. Ready? Here it is. If it's okay with you, with you um, I'm going to do it anyway, so I hope it is. I'm going to come at you really hard at the very start, just before I even start this sermon. And I'm going to do this on purpose. And I feel like I've thought hard about whether I should say what I'm about to say next, but I'm, I'm going to. And I'm going to do so because I think I'm ju- I, I can because um, I've been in the EU and I've sat there. Okay, So I've sat where you have sat. I've been at a truckload of annual conferences. And this is what I want to say. Uh, as I begin. It's a bit of a hard word, so, but I think it's important. Friends, I, I know what will happen by Friday. We're going to ha- have 600 heads full of stuff. You are going to have so much stuff in your head when you leave. You are going to be so full of theology. You would have been, you are, you are just totally pumped full of theology that here is what is going to become the danger. The danger is this, and it's a danger for me every and concert. I, I, I reckon it'll be similar for you. The danger is going to be this. You're going to leave Ancon with your head stuffed full of knowledge, and you're going to think, great, got it, I've got all these intellectual ideas, and now I've done business with God. If you thought like that, then the Ancon team, Rowan, I, we failed. Let me tell you why. What, let me tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't stuff your head full of stuff. No, I'm not telling you that at all. This is what I'm saying. What we want, what the Christian life is about, is a transformed life. If you are not leaving here and that, that information is not seeping into your life somehow and changing you and making you more like Jesus and making you please God more, then you failed. You've wasted your time. And so this is what I'm hoping to do, um, particularly in this, this talk and the next, next talk, is to really, by the end of it, I hope we have 600 transformed lives, transformed with all the stuff that we've learnt, and that our lives take root and change because of that. Are you, are you here at Ancon for that? If you, are, if you are here and you are only, can I just put it strongly, if you are here and you are only interested in kind of just getting your head full and having some interesting ideas to talk about, then I think you may as well go home. If that's, what, if that's, if that's the only thing you're interested in. God wants transformed lives as we soak ourselves in rich, deep theology. So let me encourage you with that, if that's okay. It's something that I struggle with every year in Ancom. Was that okay? Is that okay? Uh, it's something I struggle with every year as I left the doors at Encon, just being chocked up full and not doing anything with it. So let me um, encourage you in that. After that hard word, I'm going to pray because we need God's help because it's only going to happen, all that change stuff, is only going to happen if God works in us by His Holy Spirit. So shall we pray for that to happen now? Let's pray and ask God that He would work in us this morning. Heavenly Father, 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this conference. Thank you, Lord, for the incredibly rich theological teaching we are getting. We thank you, Lord, for the EU and the way we can gather and learn so much about nothing less than the person of the Holy Spirit. We pray, though, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would work in us. Lord God, grip our hearts and do not let us leave annual conference with lives that are unchanged. Transform us. Move in us. Lord, we know that if any sort of revival is going to happen at our Sydney Uni campus, that it must happen first with us. And so, Lord, we ask that you would please work in us. Make us a people who love you and love living for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wouldn't you just love it if God came to you and just spoke to you? Come on, let's be honest, right? Wouldn't it just be great? How good would it be if I just wanted a bottle of water right then and it came up? (laughs) How good would it be if God came right up to you and he just grabbed you? And he just said, hey, this is what I want you to do today. This is it. Go out here, do this today. Wouldn't it be great if, you know, the the, the time when you're like, there's time when you're just lonely and you just, as I said yesterday, you feel distant from God. Wouldn't it be great if God just grabbed you, literally grabbed you and just looked at you and said audibly, I love you. Wouldn't that be just great? Wouldn't it be awesome if God spoke to you like that? I mean, I I would, man, I'd need some of that sometimes. I I sometimes feel like, man, last night, right? Last night I was in my room. I was was, was stressing out a little about this talk. I thought, I've got to rewrite this whole thing. I saw Rowan Kemp out there. Rowan said, what are you talking about? Right? I said, I've got to rewrite this whole thing. You know what would have been great? I'll tell you what would have been great. If God just said, Steve, your sermon will be this. Pick up a pen, start writing. Right? Now, man, I would, I would have no nerves at all. I'd just get up and read it. Wouldn't it be great if God just told you what to do? Next time you're, um, um, wanting, to, you're wanting to talk to someone who's not a Christian on campus, wouldn't it be just great if you just stand there and God said, see that person in the corner? Go talk to them. Wait. Now. Right. <laughs> Go talk to them. Right. Say this. Say this. Great, they've become a Christian in about three minutes. Right. <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? How does God speak to us? Can he do that? Look, let's just ask this big hard question. Can he do that? Can he speak to you like that? Has he spoken to you like that? I mean, I'm going to keep pushing this. This is a bit tricky, you know. It's a tricky area. Like, even not just things like this, like God speaking with an audible voice, but um, um, visions, right? Things like that. Can God give you a vision? Does he give you visions? Can he, can you, can he speak to you like that? A couple of examples there that, that have made me think about this really recently. It's been kind of tricky. Um, I haven't, to be totally honest, I've been trying to work out what, what do I do with this kind of thing. Do you remember in the interview uh, yesterday, um, Duncan asked me about Kirk Place, our church, and I talked about how God's really pouring his blessing out on our church, and I told you that last week, like literally this on Sunday, this lady came up. Uh, do you remember, did, did I even say that in the interview? The lady became, uh, the, lady, the Buddhist lady, 
become, wants to become a Christian, went and returned all the stuff here. That lady, right, I didn't tell you all the story because I'm um, still warming up and the whole thing, but she said this, actually. Uh, she said, I said, because I said to her, what do you mean you went and returned all your stuff to the, to the Buddhist master at the temple? Like, we've had no real connection with you. What's going on? And this is what she said. I'm just going to tell you, imagine it, you're a first-year pastor, right? And this is what she says. She says, Jesus appeared to me in a vision. And I said, okay. <laughs> and she said, I said, what, what happened? She said, um, she goes, I, I don't know. She said, Jesus, I saw Jesus. He embraced me. And then he said, and she said, all that happened was, she, he said, you're mine now. That's it. I said, has this happened before? She goes, no. Nope. <laughs> I said, great, well, let's close in prayer. And we'll get off. I, I, said, I didn't know what to say. What do, I, what do you say now? Right? What do you say? And I, I went back and thought about it. And I thought, well, you know, let me, things like this happen. If this, if this kind of stuff happens, what do I do? Test it by scripture? Does it seem like something God might want to happen? Well, Jesus said, you're mine now. And so she, what she does is, she goes and returns all the stuff to the Buddhist, thing, uh, Buddhist guy and she comes to church and wants to become a Christian. And she wants to talk about baptism. She, she talked about this week. I don't know. Did God, did God do that? Let's just leave that hanging for a little bit. Let me have it hanging. Can he do that? Wouldn't it be great if he could do that? And the other thing, my, as I was telling you before, my, my, my really good friend, uh, Mark Driscoll, let me tell you, I get quite puzzled, right? We chat, I'm chatting with, with, with Mark and quite sometimes, he doesn't do it very often, sometimes he just says... Um, Jesus told me to do this, or Jesus said this to me. And I kind of think, and I, he's a really good friend, so I can talk about it. I just said, I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. What do I do with that kind of thing? All right, now you're feeling the tension in the air, right? What are we going to do with all this kind of stuff? Can God speak to us like that? What do we do? Wouldn't it be great in many ways if he could? Can God speak to us like that? Here's my answer, a quick, a brief answer. Ready? Can he? Can God speak to, to, to us like that? Sure he can. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get up here and say God can't do anything, otherwise I might get zapped and a big donkey might fall out of the sky or something. <laughs> God, of course he can. Can God speak like that? Sure he can. Does he to everybody? No. Does he to some people? Yes. Therefore, tested by Scripture. Should we go searching for it? Should we go, look, should we go vision hunting? No. Why? Because of this thing. Is it the normal way? The normal way? The normal way that God speaks to us? No. What is the normal way God speaks to us? How does God speak to us? How does Jesus teach us? Ready? Here's the phrase that you might need to catch now because it will run through the whole talk. How does God speak to us? I want to say this. He speaks to us in a normal way, but here's the line, in a very extraordinary normal way. Are you with me? An extraordinary normal way. A no How does God speak to us? A really normal way that might seem very familiar That if I can push it a bit further, you might at times find boring. At some point in this sermon, you might think, hey, come on, let's get back to some of that vision action. 
But let me tell you that this normal, extraordinarily normal way that God speaks to us, that Jesus teaches us, is nothing but mind-blowing. And so I'm not afraid to get up here and give you a really normal way that God speaks to us because it is awesome. It is absolutely awesome. And how does he speak to us? It's all to do with the person of the Holy Spirit, who in John chapter 14, verse 26, what is he called? This sermon is brought to you by the education faculty. Who's in education here? All right. Really, I'll tell you what's justified your job. The Holy Spirit, God himself, when he is, he's a teacher, okay? The Holy Spirit is a teacher. It's all to do with this person of the Holy Spirit who will teach all things in John chapter 14, 26. So here's what we're going to do for the talk, ready? If you want to write stuff down, there's going to be two sections that happen on your page. I'm just going to tell you the first one. I'm going to tell you the two, but you only need to write the first one for now. Ready? The first point, half of my sermon is going to be this. If the Holy Spirit's a teacher, here it is. How does the Holy Spirit teach us? What does this extraordinary, normal way look like, right? How does the Holy Spirit teach us? And then once we've looked at that, we've got three things to look at with the, uh, how the Holy Spirit teaches us. And then we're going to look at, we're going to turn, at the, we're gonna turn the, the focus onto us. And we're going to ask, if he's a great teacher, are we good students? Okay? So, how does the Holy Spirit teach us as we begin? Three points. How does the Holy Spirit teach us? Point one. The Holy Spirit teaches us, you can write this down, because He speaks the very words of God. The Holy Spirit speaks the very words of God. Come with me, John 16, 13. John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15. Uh, an incredible passage and a very rare but wonderful insight. Ready? You're about to see. You want something extraordinary. You're going to get an insight into the Trinity, into the Trinity themselves. Here we go. Nice to hear lots of Bibles turning. John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15. Here it is. I'm going to read it. I'm reading from the, uh, if it may be a different version for some of you, I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It's a new version that's just come out. It's really, really good. Here it is. John 16, 13 to 15. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. Why? Here we go. For the Holy Spirit will not speak on His own, but He will speak whatever He hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine, says Jesus. Right? Get it? The Holy Spirit will take from what is mine and declare it to you. And then Jesus says, everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. Let me tell you what's going on. The Holy Spirit speaks the very words of God. There is something going on in the Trinity. I'm going to uh, tell you what it's kind of like. It's kind of like there's a game, not a game, but a, a, a round of Chinese whispers. Anyone played Chinese whispers before? I don't think I've ever played a game of Chinese whispers, even though I know what it is. It's funny, I'm, I'm Chinese. I should be playing this game. Right. It's the game where you pass a, a message down from one end of the road to the other, and you, it kind of goes all the way down, and you kind of check if the message got distorted by the end. It's like a game of Chinese whispers within the Trinity with no distortion. Right? Zero distortion. Let me show you. 
the Father, uh, let me just read you verse 1424, you don't need to turn to it, let me just listen to this, the, the, uh, 1424, the last part of 24. This is what Jesus says, Jesus says, the word that you hear, Jesus' words, he says, the word that you hear is not mine. Jesus just said, what? Whose is it? Jesus says, the word that you hear is not mine, but it's from the Father who sent me. So the first thing is right. The, it's like this. The Father gives words to the Son. So Jesus says, the words from the Father, the, word, the words aren't even mine. They're from the Father. And then, 16 verse 14 He will glorify me because the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine, says Jesus, yep, and declare it to you. You with me? So the Holy Spirit takes from Jesus and he takes the, word, the very words of God and he declares it to his followers. Just like that. You got it? That's what happens within the Trinity. The Holy Spirit has the very words of God. I think Rowan um, flicked through this verse last night, but you know 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. What does, what does the Holy Spirit do? 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. The Holy Spirit searches everything. Everything. What does, he even, what does it say? The Holy Spirit searches even the deep things of God. Okay, you get it? If you're not blown away by this, this is an incredible concept. The Holy Spirit speaks the very words of God himself. Now, what happens next? That's the first point. How does the Holy Spirit teach? He speaks the, speaks the words of God, and he takes the words of God, and you know what he does? Point two to write down. He speaks the words of God, and now the Holy Spirit teaches us by writing Scripture. Okay? The Holy Spirit speaks the words of God, and the Holy Spirit writes Scripture. He takes the words of God and he writes Scripture. Do you have any idea how good this teacher is, friends? Do you have any idea how incredibly wonderful it is to have a teacher who speaks the very words of God and who wrote Scripture? You know, it, it's like, you know, um, whenever you go to a class, uh, first week of class at uni, right? You, you, everyone runs around and they, they're all super keen and they go and get their textbooks, right? Yeah, you know, you're all going, run, you run. You get your text when you run. Okay, all, all the Asians are running. But no. <laughs> the, um, uh, <laughs> that was just the commerce faculty laughing then. So, the, um, the, uh, oh man, I just said the Asians wrote, wrote scripture. No, that's not definitely what I want to say. He wrote scripture. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote scripture. You all run and get your textbook right. And, ready? The Holy Spirit wrote our textbook. Are you with me? He is your teacher and he wrote the textbook. Anyone had a class where the lecturer has written the textbook? Okay, right? It gives him some qualification to teach, okay? He wrote the thing. Uh, it's funny, you know, when I, was, um, uh, when I was vice president in 2000, the, um, the president at the time uh, was, is still my best mate, actually, uh, and his name's Byron Smith. And um, let me tell you about Byron, right? He's the president... This guy, right, I'm really, really not exaggerating. All you old-timers, you can tell me I'm not exaggerating, right? This guy has a big brain, right? Yes? A massive brain. Like, this guy, I'm telling you, this guy's really, really smart, right? Like, his brain is popping out of his head, 
Right. This guy has got a mammoth brain, and he's so funny. He's got this crazy brain, and he, um, we, we ended up at, at Moore College, at the Theological College, college together. And let me, tell you, let me just tell you how, not many people know this, but because he, he, he's too humble to talk about it, but he's so smart, right? We, we turn up, he turns up to the philosophy He's, like, he's into everything, but he's into philosophy. He happens to know a lot about um, the, the philosopher Nietzsche. Um, and uh, uh, he turns up to class. And um, first, you know, first week, you, you open your course manual and you look up their set readings. You have to read Byron Smith on Nietzsche, right? And he's sitting in the class. <laughs> this is ridiculous, right? And so he, he, he just rocks up, right? And he's like, oh, all right, I've got to read myself. Right. And, and, and this guy has written the set reading. Like, I, I just don't even get my head around that. In the exam, right, <laughs> he can say, he can quote himself, right? He, he can say, um, and as I say, <laughs> on page two, he can do that. That is some serious advantage, okay? I, I, dare the, I dare the market to say, oh, well, you're wrong. Well, hang on. <laughs> He's a total freak. <laughs> Here it is, ready? The Holy Spirit wrote your textbook. The Holy Spirit, all of this stuff, Everything, all this stuff, you live by this, right? We spent a whole week, we paid money to go and learn about this, the stuff in here. The Holy Spirit wrote it. The person we are studying wrote the stuff we are studying. He writes scripture. How did it actually get written? How did the Holy Spirit um, actually write that book? Okay? Um, did it just kind of like fall out of the sky? Boom. Well, this is something that we're sometimes afraid of saying, unfortunately. I think it's just that, that there were human authors. Let's just hold that, right? There were human authors of Scripture. But it was God writing through the human authors, namely the apostles. God wrote Scripture through the apostles. If you're someone here today, can I just side thing, right? If you're someone here today who just, um, who, who's, who's still not yet a follower of Jesus... You might be here just thinking, this group is wacky, right? They spend their whole time reading this book. How can we even know? How can we even know? I mean, even Jesus' words here, how can we even know that the apostles, John, and the apostles who wrote the Gospels, how can we even know that they remembered what to write down? You ready for this? I'm about to read you two verses that I reckon give you the basis for the historical reliability of the New Testament. Are you interested? John 14, 25 and 26, I'll read the whole thing. Jesus says to the disciples, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you, right? While he's here, but he's going. So verse 26, but the counsellor of the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, the Holy Spirit will teach you, he says to the disciples, will teach you all things, and what else will he do? He will remind you. Of everything I have told you, there it is, precious little words at the end. The Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I have told you. And so they could write it down with total accuracy. 
He reminded them of Jesus' words. And you know what else he did? The Holy Spirit, he taught them all things. And back in chapter 16, verse 13, you know what he does? He says, the Holy Spirit will come and he will guide you into all truth. Friends, that is extraordinary. The Holy Spirit wrote the textbook. This book, let me just go here. This book that's in your laps. Ready? You may be, I, know, I know you know what I'm about to say. Right, I, know, you know, I know you know what I'm about to say, but don't let this become familiar and boring. Let this be extraordinary. Ready? This book. God wrote it. You have it in your laps. You with me? You get to take this home. You get to read it. You get to live it. Do you, is this stuff precious to you? Is it precious? Do you trust these, these words? Do you trust them? I'll tell you, I trust them. I'll tell you why every single word in here is trustworthy. The Holy Spirit reminded them of everything. Do you trust them? Do you love them? Do you love the Scriptures? You want to, I mean, love them. Do you love them? Do you run to them? Do they excite you or are they a bit ho-hum? Do you look at them like a science experiment, just sit there and kind of go, oh, that's interesting? Or do you soak it in? Because the Holy Spirit wrote it and you have it in your laps. Point three. Not only does the Holy Spirit teach us by speaking the very words of God, right? Not only does he then write scripture, but this is what else he does. The Holy Spirit makes Jesus' words stick. You like that line? This is a great line. Ready? Third point. The Holy Spirit makes Jesus' words stick. This will be a quick point. What does Jesus want his word to do in his followers? Okay, so Jesus is going around. He's preaching. He's talking to his followers. So when he's Chapter 15, verse 7. Do you know what we find out in chapter 15, verse 7? We find out that what the Holy Spirit, no, sorry, what Jesus wants his word to do, have a look at it, 15, verse 7. There's one word there I'm looking for. 15, verse 7. If you remain in me, says Jesus, and here, he, this is interesting, he says, and my words remain in you. Jesus wants his words to remain in his followers. And so what does the Holy Spirit do? As I understand it, the Holy Spirit aids in this process. He takes Jesus' words. The Holy Spirit takes Jesus' words, and if I can say, he presses them home to his followers. He takes Jesus' words, chapter 16, verse 15. He takes Jesus' words, I think, and what he does is he declares them to us. He presses them home. So there are three things the Holy Spirit does as he teaches. He speaks the words of God. He writes scripture. He makes Jesus' words stick. Now here's the question as I move to the next point. How do we let the Holy Spirit's extraordinary, normal way of teaching you play out in our lives. We need to be good students. Look, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm up here and I'm talking to 600 students, right? 
Right, this is a great time to talk a, talk a sermon like this, right? I'm sure you've thought about how to be a good student at some time in your life, maybe. <laughs> but we, we do that because you're, you're spending money, you're spending time studying at uni, right? To get your career and all that kind of stuff. Here it is. Have you spent time thinking about how to be a good student of the great teacher, the Holy Spirit? Because that's not just about a career, man. That's about life. Have you thought about how hard about how hard have you thought about being a student under the Spirit's teaching? It's no point having the world's greatest teacher if you aren't even turning up to class. So what does that look like with the Holy Spirit? Here's my second half of the sermon. It's called "Are You a Good Student?" And I have three points. Are you a good student? Gonna, I am so excited about these points. They're going to be hard hitting. Here we go. Ready? First one. Are you a good student? If you, you are, if you do this, these are three things you can do to become good students. The first thing you can do to become a good student is this. Let Jesus' words do their job. Let Jesus' words do their job. Ready? Here comes a provocative question. Are you a spirit-filled person? We talked about the Spirit being in us. I'm not just talking about that, right? When you become a Christian. Are you a Spirit-filled person? You know what I mean? Like, are you full of the Spirit? Are you? How do you, how do you answer that question? Are you full of the Spirit? How do, you, how do you know? I mean, what happens? Are you electric bolts kind of... What is it? You, you become like, you know, super leader? What is it? Are you full of the Spirit? Here's the answer. If you are, then the Spirit will be reminding you of Jesus' words. And how do you know if you are full of Jesus' words? Ready with me? I'll run that logic again. Are you a Spirit-filled person? If you are, then the Spirit will be reminding you of Jesus' words. How do you know that you are full of Jesus' words? Here it is. They should be taking effect in your life. They should be taking effect in your life. How does Jesus' words take effect in your life? I found three things in John chapter 14 to 16 that Jesus says to himself, how he wants his words to take effect in our life. Chapter 15 verse 3, you don't have to look them up. He says he wants his words to make us clean. Or could I say um, pure. Are Jesus' words taking effect in your life? Are you, are you, you, want to be a, you want to be a spirit-filled person? Are you growing in purity? 15 verse 8, you know what, what else Jesus says? He says his words should be producing fruit. 15 verse 8. Tough question coming away, really. Is your, are Jesus' words bearing fruit in your life? Let me ask you that again. Have you grown... Are, is you, has, has there been more fruit in your life since last year annual conference? Are Jesus' words bearing fruit in your life? That, if, 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 if there's fruit bearing in your life, that's the Spirit of God at work in you. Letting Jesus' words do their job. And here's the third one. I really love this one, right? In 15 verse 11, Jesus says that his words should be giving us joy. They should be giving us joy. Let me ask you this. Are Jesus' words a cause for joy for you? Are you full of joy because of what Jesus teaches you? You want to be full of the Spirit? 
Jesus' word should be taking effect in life and should be cause for joy. You know, I've been, I, I have to think, I've been thinking about this kind of stuff. You know, like how, does, how, do, how do I know if the Holy Spirit is working even? How do I know if the Holy Spirit's working in, in the EU? How do I know if the Holy... So I run the thing called Rice, right? So we put, on this, we put on this major event the other night called Rice Regenerate Praise, right? We had a praise night, massive um, kind of singing fest, right? Lots of excitement, lots of jumping around, lots of people just yelling out and loving it. Now, I ca- as I came home, I thought, look, that was all very exciting. But was the Holy Spirit working? Was the Holy Spirit working? How do you know? You know what? I, how I knew one of my favorite points of the whole night was this, man. As I left, it was that point as I left, I, I found a, a piece of paper in my pocket that, I, that, this, that this girl had slipped to me on the way out the door from the Regenerate Praise Night event. <laughs> that sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> she gave me a, a note, a piece of paper with a note about the event. And I thought, oh man, I don't really want to be reading feedback about the event right now. I'm just coming home. But you know what? I pulled it out. And I was thinking, has the Holy Spirit worked at this event? Has he actually done it? Was that just a whole lot of hype? This is what she said. Can I read it to you? I love it so much. I just got the bit of paper stuck in the back of my Bible. Here it is, right? It says this, Dear Steve and the team, Thank you. I've fallen to my knees tonight. I've cried tears of joy that God, my King, has captured my heart. I want to be fully satisfied in Christ, to be content in Him alone. He's been slowly opening my fingers to release the pieces of my heart that I've taken away from Him. So thank you for my re-surrendered heart. And she signed off. Do you know what that is? She got joy she started growing in fruitfulness. Do you know what that is? Tell you what that is. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's how you know the Holy Spirit was working. That's how you know if the Holy Spirit's working in this place at the EU at annual conference. It'll be obvious. Because it'll be obvious to each other as you speak to each other. Because the Holy Spirit will be doing those kind of things. You'll be growing in purity in your life. You'll be causing there'll be more fruit. You'll be growing in joy. That's the Holy Spirit working. So the first thing you have to do if you want to be a good student is let Jesus' words do their job. Let them take effect in your life. The second thing is this. Not only do you be a good student by letting Jesus' words do their job, oh, this is great. I'm excited by this point. Here it is. Second point. Are you a good student? If you want to be a good student, do this. Fill your mind with Scripture. Fill your mind with Scripture. Okay, listen to this. The Holy Spirit's role, I've said and taught you this morning, is to take God's Word, God's Word, take the Scriptures, God's Word, and bring them to mind. Right? Here's the line. Here's here's my favorite line, I think, of the sermon. Here it is. Ready? Fill your mind with Scripture and give the Holy Spirit more to work with. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit to bring that Scripture to mind. Fill your mind with Scripture. 
fill it. Chock it full of scripture and give the Holy Spirit more and more to work with. Can I just say it another way? I'll flip it and say it really strongly. Ready? If you have never put the scriptures in your head, it's very hard for the Holy Spirit to remind you of them. Be saturated in the Word. Be saturated in Scripture. And there's a, 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 a great theologian writer, uh, John Bunyan, right? Do you know what they said of him? Brilliant line. Never forgotten it when I heard this for the first time. Do you know what they said of this guy? You might not have heard much about him, but do you know what they said about him? There's a great line. They said, this is, what, this is what they talked about way after his death. This is what they say about John Bunyan. Cut him. And he will bleed scripture. That's a vivid image, isn't it? But it's potent. It's beautiful. Cut him and he will bleed scripture. His, his very being pulsates. His blood pulsates with scripture. It's his life source. Cut him, he bleeds it. He's saturated with scripture. I'm, I never, you know, I would, I'm looking forward to a new creation meeting him. I bet you he was a godly guy. It would be no surprise because my guess is the Holy Spirit had a whole truckload to work with. He was full of Scripture. Have you ever met someone like that? You know, I just, I'm going to find it hard to not get emotional when I talk about these guys, but when I was young, I was growing up, and I, had, I grew up at a, a, church, a Baptist church, actually, Penny Hills Baptist, and there were three elders at my church. And... Um, they were the most godly men I've ever met. Honestly. Some of them prayed for me since the day I was born. Almost every day, they told me. Legends. Absolute legends. Pillars of the faith. They're all passed away now. But you know what? If I just remember that, I'm just remembering them now. Do you, do you know what I remember about them when they talked? This is what I remember. The thing I remember is when they talked, their, on their lips was always scripture. It would, just, like, it would just come out when they're praying or when they're just speaking. I'd be like, you know, how you doing? Or this, whatever, I've got this exam coming up. He goes, well, you know, don't forget God said this. And they just say it. Right? And I'm like, how, how do they do that? They went like, you know, they, they're robots. You know? <laughs> they've downloaded all this scripture. And I'll tell you what they've done. They've saturated themselves in scripture. God brings that to mind. They've used that to bless me. You know what? I'm going to have a couple of things to say about filling your mind with Scripture. One of them is this. I wonder whether we might consider bringing